heavy track today. Yeah, not vibing risky lettuce, getting sinker vibes. I don't know, says on the Tab app she's firming. Don't just vibe it, get expert tips in Tab's new race feed. Tab, we're on. What are you really gambling with? The news and stories from Racing's Heartland. This is RSN's Racing Pulse. Subsurd moving up on the outside for Zach Purden. A length in front, but without a fight, is running on right down the centre of the track. Without a fight, up to Absurd, Bow and Declare and Shiraz the Volta. It's without a fight, 100 metres to go. Two or three lengths in front, coming away from Shiraz and also Solcom. Without a fight, Mark Zara, a Melbourne Cup champion, wins it by two lengths. Oh, it's Mark Zara and Sam Friedman, who is in the midst of the media world whirlwind after you become a Melbourne Cup winning trainer and I'm sure he's happy to do it all. Uh, Sam, good morning to you. Great to have you on Racing Pulse. Did you wake up feeling any different this morning? <laughs> morning, Michael. Um, just a little bit of a hangover, but um, <laughs> other than that, no, um, no, it was a, a terrific day. So it was a bit of a whirlwind. Um, never really experienced anything quite like that in the hours that followed followed the wind, but um, yeah, it was a, a great thrill. Probably the best day I've had on a racetrack. Tell us about the cloud nine night you had. You talk about the hours after it. Tell us about where you went, the, how, how the evening panned out, who was there? Yeah, so we um, we were at the races until uh, probably six o'clock. Went out to the Lexus Marquee and um, it was really nice actually. There had uh, my cousin Emma and Georgia and their partners, my partner, um, and, a, and a couple of really close friends just on a table for an hour or so, which was really nice. Um, you know, it's a bit of a, uh, it's a bit chaotic in the, in the hours that follow, so it was nice to just relax there. And then um, we went to Crown. We went to the waiting room where we had um, what was going to initially be 20 or 30 sort of staff and friends, which quickly grew into... I don't know how many people towards the end, but it was, <laughs> it was uh, Frankie Dettori walked in, Willie Mullins joined in at one point, so it was um, it was great. It was good fun. Did the adrenaline? I'm always worried about when fatigue hits because it's such. There's so much goes into it mentally and physically and and so on. But the adrenaline of having won the cup would take you a fair way. Was there a point in the night where it all got to you? Yeah, I was. Uh, I was pretty. Um, I bet to be honest, with you, I, I didn't really drink much it was uh you know you're on that adrenaline high straight after and um i got to about 9 p.m and um yeah i was, I was keen to head home so i was home and in bed by 10 30 something like that you're so too not, not sensible late. sam you're, you're 27 <laughs> years <laughs> hey, of age what's going on mark zara would be horrified to hear that <laughs> no 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 i see mark the strategy was just warming up i think so um... <laughs> i see the strategy there's, you, you look at this week there's celebrities everywhere there's sort of fashionista types you've got a well-presented young rooster here. He's smelling a bit of uh, potential modelling contracts or something here, I reckon. So, would that be right, Sam? You know, you're just you ready to, to, to schmooze and press the flesh if you need to? Agencies ringing and wanting to know if you're available? <laughs> no, no, but it was, it was a, an early enough rise this morning. You know, morning TV and all that. I didn't need to be uh, driving, driving, uh, driving after too many last nights, so... Yeah. And you've got to shoulder the load on your on your own too because uh, your old man, <laughs> Anthony, would have just been sitting back. Uh, I think I read, did he watch it in the Merrick's winery where he watched the Caulfield Cup victory as well? Yeah, I believe he did. I believe he did. And then he was just hmm. at, the, at the farm with uh, mum and some really close family friends. So, um, 
there's a really nice photo that circulated actually of, of Dad in the Cup. Mm. Um, I think 35 years ago. Um, so yeah, look, he was. You know, obviously he's, he was a part of all the success with Lee, and um, but you know he was a, a lot of the time the man behind the scenes. And I think you know for him to have his name on one, he won't mm. ever admit it. But um, you know I think he'd be pretty pretty chuffed, and and um, you know he deserves it. What was that first phone call like uh, when you're in the mounting yard after winning with your dad? <laughs> it went much the same way as. Uh, at the Caulfield Cup, he said, "Yeah, that was pretty good." You put a little bit more stress on "pretty good," so I think that was, uh, yeah, he was uh, he was wrapped. He sent a couple of messages late in the evening, um, you know, saying he's very proud and and um, you know we're just happy for all the staff. It's a lot of work that goes into it, as I'm sure you all know. So, um, you know, Elise, who said heads up our pine because Stables put in a lot of hours, and Leanne, who looks after the horse and. Robbie Scarlett has to say he, he's prepped the horse up for this campaign and rode him in Queensland, he's track work rider, and he actually had a fall three days after the Caulfield Cup. Um, he was on the mend, but he had to have back surgery. And um, So, look, there's, there's a lot of people that have made this happen and uh, we're all very grateful. There's there's the dream element of the Melbourne Cup. It's, it's the race that anybody involved in racing, you know, lies in bed, cup night, and thinks, wow... One day, maybe, could it be me? Could it be my turn to be involved with it? You're, from a professional sense and a family sense, genetically, everything else in your life, you've been around the Melbourne Cup. It's kind of, it, it, it's been woven through your family's history. Can you quantify what it means for you to have achieved that that success? Like what, what, what does it mean for you as a professional, but also from the point of your place in the, in the Friedman dynasty? Yeah, it's hard to put into words, I suppose, what it what it does mean. I mean, I've grown around the race, grown up around the race, you know, the whole time, watch it every year, do a sweep with family, friends as a teenager. Um, you know, you'd remember Lucas Cranach, that was sort of, oh. thought he loomed up <laughs> at one point in that race, um, you know, and, and was on course for Maccabi's third. And I, I dare say that that, strangely enough, you know, there's very vivid memories of being on track in 2005 and um you know you you grow up then just dreaming that you would one day maybe be given the opportunity to win one we've had a crack the last few years but probably not with horses that you know you thought were genuine winning chances and um yeah it's a it, it it is something that i'm sure i'll reflect on and you know, I feel very humbled and privileged to be in the position that I am in partnership with Dad. I've been given a, a great opportunity, um, and uh, you know we've, we've achieved something great. So, um, look, hopefully, it can continue. And I think every generation of freedmen brings something different to the table. You and Will, are, you know, really well educated, articulate. We had Will on. Uh, cracking the codes on Monday and he that the SMS machine blew up with just how articulate he was and describing the connection to Sub-Zero and to the outside world and uh, and, and his father's relationship with Sub-Zero and, and what horses, you know, you strip away Melbourne Cups and everything else and, and so on and prize money and you come basically just down to the relationship with the animal and the way Will described just how complex horses can be and how uh, how great they are for, for um, human well-being and things like that. And that just brings it down to the most basic element, doesn't it? So there's a there's a deep understanding there, isn't there, uh, throughout the family of, of w- what these horses represent? Absolutely. I mean, Will, Will's a very intelligent intelligent man and he's um, he was there last night. He popped in for a, for a quick hello and, um, 
yeah, look, you know, we're both coming from a probably growing up a little differently to how you know our uncles grew up. Um, you know, we both worked hard at school, went to uni, and um, <laughs> yeah, and that was probably one thing that was slightly different. And um, yeah, look, it's we, we're in this because we love the horse, and I think that that's you know ultimately where it comes from. I mean, we we wouldn't do it if it wasn't um, a real passion. I mean, we wake up and. Um, and do it every day and, and you, know, you dream of getting days like yesterday so um, you know it was great to have a lot of family there last night and um, a lot of a lot of people reaching out so um, just felt felt very humbled one of those first uh, phone calls that you took was from your uncle Lee who won five mm. Melbourne Cups with your dad and your other uncles what was what was that conversation in the mounting yard as well yeah, he was very emotional actually, straight on the phone. So he was he was absolutely wrapped, and just said how proud he was. And um, yeah, look, it got me a little bit emotional. He's, he's uh, you know I've, I've grown up and been inspired by him since I was very very young. Um, you know, if I could have uh, dreamt of you know ending up at some stage as half the trainer that that he is and was, then um, you know we'll have achieved something great. So to hear from him straight after it felt felt very um very fitting and uh yeah look i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him you know so it's um yeah, it was very important this mark zara decision um that he said was 60 40 looking at the result yesterday should have been 99 one in favor of without a fight and you and i had a very casual conversation a week or so ago about what he might be thinking about and what 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 level of involvement did you and your dad have in swaying him i, I know that uh you know, there was there was a lot that went wrong with that without a fight before the Caulfield Cup, and I mean, he only went into it second up. Was 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 the message from you and your dad to Mark uh, rate of uh, you know room for improvement off the Caulfield Cup? Yeah, that was that was pretty much the how the conversation went. Was look, we, we think that this horse will improve um, in the Melbourne Cup. He, he, look, he'd had a good preparation leading into the Caulfield Cup, but about ten days out, he. Uh, we missed a trial with him. His blood just wasn't a hundred percent, and it speaks to how extraordinary this horse is. I mean, we've spoken about. It. I mean, most horses that would have um, would have had a bad blood ten days out from one of the biggest Group Ones of the year would not, uh, you know, would not have performed to the level that he did. And so once he did, and he came through the run well, which was important. Um, we were quietly confident that he was going to run a better race yesterday, which he did. We were having a spirited discussion earlier about what this year tells us about how the approach to the Melbourne Cup may 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 evolve uh, in coming years, and the use of Werribee or Mickleham, you know, to give them a year under their belt and so on. And without a fight, Shiraz, Sulkham, all of them, all of them had a at least a season under their belt, and it, it's an important grounding for these horses. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's look. He was a hardy older horse when he came out last year, and it has to be said, you know, he was very well managed with Simon and Ed Chrisford. Um, he came out here as a I don't know. He started seven dollars in the Melbourne Cup last year, so he had form on the board. Didn't get conditions to suit, um, but he's had twelve months basically conditioning him for for, for this day, and you know, running on firm tracks, which he loves, getting used to the speed in these races. Um, you know, a little bit of travel in there and, and a slightly different probably training technique with him. Um, you know, I think it is important. I think a lot of horses can get to a Melbourne Cup and 
get overawed with the with the uh, with the occasion. I mean, it's yesterday was hot. There was a massive crowd, and and our horse couldn't have handled it any better. Um, you know, he's a he's a seven year old at the peak of his powers. who has been you know fairly lightly raced for a seven year old, um, and I think that speaks to probably that European model where he you know was probably given time to mature and um, you know train for what he is, which is. You know, a staying horse and, and not run that frequently. You know, he'd only be running once every four, five, six weeks, which we've tried to emulate here. Um, you know, he went from the Underwood to the to the Caulfield Cup and um, he, he can show a real turn of foot on that sort of break. So um, there's a lot of factors at play. I mean, there's no, there's no um, secret as to how to win the Melbourne Cup, but there's definitely different models that, that could help. Do you think that's going to be a key with imported horses in Australia sort of in the future in, in terms of keeping them at their peak is is trying to replicate how they would race or how they would be trained in the UK as opposed to slotting them into that two weeks, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is, Australian format where we sort of tend to run on the bounce a bit and, and, and chase that prize money? Yeah, every horse is different. I mean, you look at Gold Trip last year, he ran in the... You know, Corfer Cup, Cox Plate, and won the Melbourne Cup. Mm. So every horse is different. Um, but, you know, that horse is an entire gold trip, so, he, you know, they often need just that little bit more work. This horse is a, a gelding who's very fit. I mean, he's been fit since June, so we've not really had to overwork him. Um, and that's probably one thing that they do in Europe is they've got them fit for the whole year. So, you know, yes, you come up to the spring, but you, you don't get as many physical setbacks because they've been at their... They're at their optimum, you know, fitness-wise for a long time. So you're not having to be that hard on them. Um, you know, he's just had a couple of pretty easy gallops since the Caulfield Cup. And, um, you know, he missed the trial going into the Caulfield Cup, but he was already pretty fit. I mean, for him, his work that we give him is more just to take the edge off him so he doesn't over-race. And the old man was actually pivotal in... Um, we worked in Caulfield Cup morning. We just gave him a like a, an easy trot and canter. So we did the same again yesterday. And the two best, in terms of how his manners have been in the run, they've been the two best that he's been. It just takes the edge off him and he relaxes so well. The little things like that, that's just experience from Dad and um, you know, those little things that mm. are the sliding door moments. So very important. What well, do you see the future as for him now? Because he's, I mean, he's created history. He's only the 12th horse that's won a Caulfield Melbourne Cup double. But... He showed in Brisbane that he's got that turn of foot that could really be competitive in any weight for age race you want to aim him at as well. So what do you envisage the next 12 months for without a fight? Could you just keep him ticking over and run him in the Australian Cup? Well, I mean, that's probably a, a logical run for him in the in the autumn. I mean, we I don't know how he'll go in the paddock. We'll find out later in the week. We put him in the paddock in Queensland and he ran the fence for a week. So <laughs> we brought him straight back into work. Um I'm not sure. I'd have to chat with his owner, Sheikh Mohammed Obaid, and, and work out what we um, what we do with him. I mean, the world is oyster. We, we'd be happy to to take him anywhere. He's, you know, we think he's he's up to a very very good level. And um, so, overseas you know, international campaign, you're thinking? Oh, look, I'll, I'll chat to his owner. But you know, there's a Shima Classic, something like that, which is in Dubai. Um, he's actually running that race, I think, before. Um, you know, there's also. There's plenty of options for him. I mean, Sydney's probably not one of them. He's uh, He doesn't handle soft ground. Uh, wouldn't want to take the chance that, you know, we'd get a heavy track. So Queensland, again, would be a possibility. But, 
Um, I'd like to be doing an interview with you next year on the Wednesday with another Melbourne Cup. <laughs> I was going to say, could he? You know, he's probably going to get fifty-eight next year if he wins another race, and after the way he won the Melbourne Cup, so or fifty-seven and a half at least. Uh, um, but he's only got twenty-seven starts or something now. So is that what the the long-term goal is? You'd like to come back again? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the horse will come first, and if he's sound and well, and he's moving well, and um, all of that, but. You know, yes, you'll go up in the weights, but I don't know. The way the Melbourne Cup is at the moment, there's a whole lot of horses on, on the minimum, you know, with 50 kilos. But, yeah, I think a lot of the time they, they, they probably just lack the class of the horses that are up in the yep. weight. The weight wasn't going to stop him yesterday. You know, he could have had 58. It wouldn't have mattered. So, um, you know, I think that it's changing a little bit, the cup. I mean, hiding a horse from the handicapper is not as easy. You've still got to be a very good horse. Um, you can get in with no weight, but if you... You know, if you're, if you're not good enough, it doesn't it doesn't matter. But, well, yeah, the compressed weight scale. It's it's an easier repeat race than it was when the the, the mm. gap was far more vast in the weight, Sam. Mm. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, one last word. Just we haven't even mentioned it, but this the, the ride of Mark Zara, um, mm. just phenomenal to be on the fence where he was, and then it was very Glen Bosk esque the way he sliced through the field. Yeah, look, he's he's the best, isn't he? In these big races, he he went in with a plan. We we barely spoke about tactics, just to get him to relax. And um, you know, he he did the rest. But he just he's got such patience. When everyone takes off, he just sits and waits, lets it all unfold. And you know, he's done the same thing on a whole heap of our horses. You know, you look at him on Super Seth; he did the same thing. You sort of get them late. He's got great timing and a finish. So. Um, no, he's at the peak of his powers and he, he deserves all the success he's getting. Mate, enjoy it. Well done. Uh, the afterglow of the Melbourne Cup victory. Uh, I'm going to ask you one obvious question. Have you got one more winner over Cup Week? Um, i tell you what, today it's Cup Week, but we're at Kyneton. I thought um, King's Targe was a big price. He's, he seems to be flying, so I think he was 10 to 1 maybe, so he'd be... Uh, one to look out for. Are you clear-headed enough to give us a good tip, though, Sammy, right hey, now? Don't doubt the boy. He's, he, he's just done. He's just he, might have just, he might have just plucked one out of thin air there. If he wants to tip one at $10, mate, just be quiet uh, and follow him. All right, we'll let him wrong. go with that. Uh, race 5, number 9, King's Taj. Good on you, Sam. Um, well done yesterday again. All right, cheers, guys.